Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hey guys, John Barchard here, and the playoffs are in full swing, which means that fantasy football season is sadly over, right? Wrong. With one-week fantasy football at DraftKings, the fantasy football season does not stop until the games do. So while your season-long league is done, it is not too late to draft a new team and start winning money while doing it. At DraftKings, there are so many different ways to play. You can choose from public contests with huge cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against your friends. They even have beginner and casual contests where you can play against people of similar skill level. And the best part is you get to draft a new team every week. And drafting a team is arguably the best part of fantasy, am I right? Aside from winning cash, that is. Huge cash prizes and bragging rights await only at DraftKings. And right now, just use the promo code BGNR at DraftKings.com to play for free with your first deposit for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in total cash prizes this Saturday. But hurry, Saturday's going to be here before you know it. The Eagles will be kicking off, and then you'll forget about it. So make sure to get to DraftKings.com right now to choose your lineup, and you can play for some serious cash on Saturday. That's promo code BGNR, only at DraftKings.com. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at ClipIt.tv or check them on Twitter at ClipItTV. Welcome into the 22nd, a.k.a. the Deuce Daily edition of the Counterpoint Podcast. Does that sound good, BLG? Sounds really good. And, hey, I'm glad to be here. Ah, the sultry tones of Brandon Lee Gowton. He is making his Counterpoint debut. Brandon, are you nervous? I'm super nervous, really. You know, honestly, I'm just glad you're here because I didn't think you were going to make it out of the Dougie P. Presser alive. Yeah, I mean, Doug this week... If, you, if we're talking about Doug Peterson confidence meter, I mean, I think it's off the charts at this point. He was freaking, like, he starts that thing out like, no, this is my press conference. I'm not telling you any information. He was like Bill Belichick up there. What he did was, it was, 
the the most impressed I've been with Doug this season was that press conference outside of you know when it was the was it the Carolina game when he yeah. was like look at me you have yeah to look at me and like I love when Dougie P just comes out and slams his dick on the table and says listen I'm Doug fucking Peterson and I think that's what he did on that press conference he wasn't gonna let the media walk all over him he wasn't gonna let you Big J journalists walk all over him and Dougie <laughs> Dougie P made a stand and and I'm here for it. It's him, and it's just the whole vibe of the team this week. And I'm sure we'll get into that here. But like, you see Doug with that fire. You see this team feeling disrespected, feeling like they're the they are the underdogs. But knowing they're the underdogs, I think there's something to that this week. Yeah, and they. And I love that the that they're playing it all up too. And I love how they're kind of lying to themselves all week. They've been saying like. Oh man, we've been disrespected all year, and like <laughs> Lane Johnson com- said, we've been compared to the Browns. Like, dude, come on, man! Like, you were you were number one in the power rankings for at least at least it's like week eight until until Wentz got hurt. Like, you weren't disrespected all year. Let's calm down. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 Lane being Lane, which is just great. Just throwing the Browns under the bus there. In addition to in addition to already having Carson Wentz on their team and. And the way Merrill Reese just kind of just throws the Browns into the buff all the time, just just great for Lane Johnson to just jump in on that. So, how much are the Eagles going to win by on Saturday? One point. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like the the Jota camera. I'm not going to predict a score, but they're going to win by more than more than one point. No, they're going to win by exactly. I think it's going to be a close game. I think they definitely win. I'm taking them to win. But I think it's only like a point or three. Cause, I mean, I don't expect this to be a high-scoring game. You look at Nick Foles. You know, I'm not his biggest fan. You may have heard that. Eh, uh, and, you yeah, know, listen, I, I understand your Nick Foles thing, but here's the things you have to remember: is that four years ago he went 27 and two. And oh yeah, true. If you, I don't know if you forgot this, but he did also leave the Saints game with the lead. Oh, that's I forgot about that too. I mean, oh, I, I think he was the. Uh, didn't he win an award that year? Um, oh, it's the most the, the most important award, some would say. More than more uh, than the MVP or even hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. He was the the Pro Bowl MVP. Oh yeah, that's uh, I, I I just forgot about that. Yeah, and I don't know if you also forgot that if if Riley Cooper catches that ball, he's still running. Like four <laughs> five years later into retirement, he is running with the ball that he dropped in the Saints game. Did you forget that? I think Nick Foles is still running to get that touchdown in Tampa Bay in 2012. I think he's still running to the end zone. And I don't know if you also forgot this, but they were nine and three before he got hurt, and he oh was yeah, playing, he was playing really well. Yeah, and it was all in his own merit too. There was no uh, assistance from historical scoring on defense and special teams. Just, you know, he just he just wins the game. He just wins. I mean, yes, and that's more than evident this year. He led them down in the Oakland game when they needed a score. He threw two seven-yard passes, put him right in field goal range. The guy just wins, Brandon. you got to take that into account. He just wins, and, you know, you look at the Dallas game, too. I mean, if Torrey Smith <laughs> catches that pass, I mean, we're not, we're not, I mean, we're not even conversation. not even having this conversation. <laughs> no, but, but with saying all that, all that I don't know was that sarcasm <laughs> just just a little bit. No, I'm never sarcastic. Please. When saying all of that, I really think they're going to win on Saturday. Is that weird? I don't think it's weird. I think uh, getting back to a little bit more of a serious tone here for a second, as as is always the case Please on do. the Counterpoint 
podcast brought to you by BGNRadium.com and BleedingGreenNation.com. Yeah, get all um, three in there. I need you to get all three in there if I'm going to keep my job. <laughs> I do think there is something to this. Like, we're being disrespected. They're going to come out, and I think they're going to play angry. And the fans are going to be fired up, obviously. And I, I just like, it's what's really weird to me is how the Falcons went from being the team that all the Eagles fans, or at least a lot of them, wanted to play the most and how the Falcons were underdogs in L.A. by six points. Like, everyone was taking the Rams to win. Or a lot of people, at least, were taking the Rams to win. And all of a sudden, they beat the Rams, and it's like, actually, the Falcons were great all along, and they weren't bad at all. Yeah, I've seen so many stories this week about how, like, the Falcons are actually sneaky Super Bowl contenders and, and all of this. But if, if I asked you in the middle of the season or even late in the season who the most, like, surprisingly disappointed team, disappointing team was in the NFL, it was probably the Falcons. Like, disappointingly good team. Like, the, obviously the Giants are the biggest disappointment. But, like, the Falcons just, it, something felt wrong with that team all year. Yeah, I think they have more talent probably. I mean, you look at their you look at their roster. I was looking at both sides of the ball. I mean, they have talented players on this team. It's not, like, a trash team completely. But, I mean, it's, it's just not the same team as it was last year at all. I mean, Matt Ryan has 18 fewer touchdowns. Like, that's crazy. That, well, did you know this, by the way? Matt Ryan, actually, from the Philadelphia area. I, don't, I think it's kind of an underreported story out there. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, uh, which do you think would be a better way to rev up the crowd on Saturday? Do you think it would be better to bring out Doc with the, with the, with the Wolverine walkout to, to the crowd or Dave Spadaro standing at, at midfield saying Matt Ryan's from Philadelphia? I think the hometown hero, Matt Ryan, just coming back to Philadelphia just for the first time ever. I mean, just I think I think the fans are just going to be really, just incredibly fired up for that. Uh, I think John Barchard once said that Matt Ryan has the most punchable face of anyone he knows, and you know I think the Philadelphia fans are are going to take offense to that, and I think they're just going to open their hearts to Matt Ryan. Man, I could just imagine like I have this weird image in my head where if Spadaro's out there at half at, at midfield, and he just goes, Matt Ryan is from Philadelphia. And I could just, I, I would just love, a, I would love a cam in the, like the in the four hundred section or whatever at the top and be like, he's from fucking Axton, he's not from Philly, and then and then also yelling about how Villanova's not from Philly. I need that guy. I want a cam on that guy because you know in a stadium of about seventy thousand, I would say there's going to be at least fifty thousand that's going to be like he's from Axton. I would. I'm actually be really curious to see like if they did that because I think you would get some people hearing like, "Oh, Philadelphia," and like not really paying attention, being like, "Yeah," and like kind of like <laughs> giving a half-hearted cheer, and other people actually like really paying attention, be like, "No, boo!" So, <laughs> I think you would get like one of those awkward cheer boo moments. That would be great. Oh, that's been another talking point this week. At, at what time do we boo this team? Well, I mean, boy. This is the kind of this is the kind of hard hitting stuff you get here on the uh, on the Counterpoint podcast. Um, what is the acceptable time? I mean, look, man, if Foles comes out here and he stinks up the joint like he has for the past couple weeks, I, I think like it would have to be like two or three bad. If it's like three bad drives, like three three and outs, I mean, are, are you going to get on fans for booing at that point? I mean, especially if, well, here's the thing: if lack of effort is apparent at any point, which I don't expect it to be. But if it is, I mean, that's always fair to boo. But if the offense just stinks for three drives in a row, I think you start booing because this is the playoffs. And 
desperation mode has to kick in. And at some point, I think you're booing with a purpose. You're not just booing to let always booing them, with a purpose. You're booing with a purpose, not to just like let them know that you're disappointed. Like, yeah, obviously you're going three and out, but also to be like, hey, maybe make a change at quarterback if this quarterback is going to be a big failure for uh, the the rest of the game, like he's been for the past couple weeks. Well, Nick Saban did it, so yeah, basically the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, the, the booth, the booth conversation, I love, it was a little, it was a topic on our, on our station here a day ago. It was like, well, at what time do you boo? <laughs> and it was just like, I can't believe we're already planning out the, the preemptive booze. It's, it's, I think it's five sixteen. I think that's uh, the exact time. <laughs> the, uh, nice. I like, I like a good preemptive boo, but yeah, no, I, I really do think they're going to win on Saturday and I don't really know why, but if, if you had to give us one reason why you think they're going to win on Saturday, what would that be? Defensive line. I mean, that's that's why I wanted to play the Falcons. I just didn't fear Matt Ryan at all in the sense of him being able to escape the pressure of this defensive line. And the, the Falcons' offensive line isn't that great. You know, Alex Mack is a good player, obviously one of the best centers. Their tackles are, I wouldn't say they're, they're, they're not terrible, but they're not great either. But the guards are bad. The guards are just flat out bad. Fletcher Cox is going to have a big game, I think. I think the whole defensive line is going to get a lot of pressure. So I feel good about that. That was what I was hanging my hat on going into this year, this defensive line being really great. And I think they legitimately will be on Saturday, not Sunday, Saturday. Right. There we got, we got it done. Yeah. I think, and do you think it's fair to, to judge Doug much on this game? Because like, I don't know if, if he comes out and he's been this offensive creative wizard guy all year, and if he has two weeks to get Nick Foles repaired, he has these guys all on fresh legs. He has his team wanting to hit in pads, uh, all this kind of stuff. It's all I think that's really all positive stuff. He's posting all the articles around the around the the locker room about how they're they're not going to win and all that stuff. I think that's all great motivational stuff. But if the offense comes out and still is stalling on Saturday, like how much can we blame Duck? I think it kind of depends on the specifics. Like, are they running the ball enough? Like, if they're not, then yes. And obviously, some blame there falls on Doug. If it's a situation where the running game's fine, but Nick Foles just like can't hit an open receiver, which has been a problem oh, yeah, the past bit. two weeks. Yeah, like a big problem. Like, I, I can't blame Doug at that point. But um, uh, I think too. Again, but then again, if, if Nick Foles is continuing to struggle. And it does reach halftime, and the Eagles are down like <laughs> zero to twenty-one. Like they were down in that Madden simulation, which uh, is just great. Super. I think. I think if you know if Doug doesn't make a move at that point, then yeah, I'm gonna start. Like, I mean, there's things that it, it absolutely can happen in this game, where like those specific things that you can get mad at him for. I think in like if you're looking at like big picture, I mean, it can't really change a lot, right? I mean, it's the backup quarterback. Uh, I don't think you can be like, oh, you can't be like James and be like, well, we have to fire Doug now because they didn't, you know, they didn't look great against the Falcons. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't know, but I just think that he should be able to to get this offense moving a little bit. It, like, it's just, it's just, it should be with two weeks off, with all this preparation, you being this 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 offensive guy, he should be able to get Nick Foles to at least play competent. Uh, how, how many points do you need? I guess that's us try to I figure think, out. I think it's a race to twenty. Whoever okay. gets, whoever gets to twenty first, I think yeah. is going to win this game. Yeah, I think that's a fair expectation. Would you would you run the ball 
eighty percent of the time or ninety percent of the time? Because I think uh, I think I don't know if you've heard, but the Eagles need to run the ball. I mean, do we have to have Nick Foles throw it all? Can we just get Jay Ajayi? Just bring in Mike Malarkey. Just bring in Mike Malarkey for this game and just show this team how to run the ball. This this smash mouth football. Exotic smash mouth, as as Mike Malarkey would like to say. But, I mean, for real, though, I want to see J-Train get a lot of carries here. Like, his most in a single game this year is 16. That was in the Rams game, which they won, by the way. And there's no reason to me to pretty much not get him 20 in this game. I mean, unless the pass is working somehow, which is, that's great, but probably not. So I, I really want to see him get a big bulk of carries in this game. It's day 31 post Carson. How are you holding up? Well, I mean, we're still alive. So <laughs> Barely. I mean, are we? Uh, I mean, the juice isn't there. It's just the juice has gone. I mean, just here's how I think about it. I, I feel like there's two timelines or two separate worlds are I can't help but think of just how things would be different this week and like where we are now and all along if Carson was healthy like imagine if imagine if he was healthy and we're going into the game this weekend and we're thinking like oh man the Eelers like gonna blow out the Falcons this is gonna be like 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 I don't know 30 to, to 13 and the Eagles are gonna be seven point favorites and they're just gonna like dominate so you think about that, and you think about where they are now with Nick Foles as three-point underdogs at home the first time in the NFL history, and it's just not great. But I was told that the line wouldn't change that much, much with, with Foles in there. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. I mean, next man up. <laughs> it's, it's turned into my least favorite phrase of all time. <laughs> it's just so disingenuous and, and offensive. Like, and, 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 and what's the word I'm looking for? Like an intelligent... Uh, it's an insult to your intelligence, I guess is what I'm trying to say, which isn't very intelligent of me for not being able to figure out how to say that. Right. But um, <laughs> it's just so crazy. It's like, yeah, you know, Carson was just one of 53 players on this team. Like, no, come on. Don't. What are you doing? Like, don't say that. That's just, I get that. I'm not saying the team is doomed with, without him in the sense, like, they can't win this Saturday. Obviously, we're picking them to win. Like, yep. I still have faith in aspects of this team. But to act like it makes like no difference is just insane. Yeah, I mean it's it's Carson. But like what what keeps me what keeps me going, I guess here is like how good is Carson Wentz going to be in like five years? Because I've got like this vision that he's he's basically reached the Rodgers and Brady level by that point. Well, it's funny because you know I was talking to Jimmy Kemsky, you know the the dumpster fire himself. Oh, he's having a horrible year. I mean, you guys, you got to really have him back on to review how his season went. I think that's only fair. Yeah, we'll have him on after the year. But um, uh, back to your question. I remember talking to Jimmy when, and I will give him credit for this, back when Carson was drafted, I was talking to him at OTAs one day in 2016, and I was, I was saying, I was like, how, what do you think Carson's ceiling is? Because I know you're really high on him. Jimmy was high on him for a long time. And he said to me that he felt like Carson could be the top quarter, like the best quarterback in the NFL. Like he legitimately felt that. And now, you know, I, I think Jimmy has said it as well. Now he could be the best player in the NFL. Like that's really not crazy. You could argue, you know, obviously he was, he was an MVP candidate this year. You could argue he's one of the best players now. Yes. I think that's where he is now. <laughs> and that in, in five years from now, you know, he's going to be able to work on some of the, the things in his game even more, and maybe even get some more talent on that team offensively in terms of like, look, 
Alshon Jeffrey, number one wide receiver, good player. But Torrey Smith, not so much. I mean, you can get even better weapons for him in the future. Like, I, I just think the sky's the limit. All right, let's let's make fun of some some other former Eagle stuff real quick because I want to know your thoughts. Were you were you happy or were you sad for Andy on on Saturday? Honestly, like I felt <clears throat> I was in the position of Chiefs fans. I think I just felt like that frustration. Like I I was sympathetic towards it. Like it almost felt like it was happening to me. I was just like, oh my god. Like I, I just felt that same pain again and just the inevitable exit, just disappointment at the end of the season with Andy Reid. It's so, it's just so, it's such a tough spot because, like, you know he's a good coach in the sense he's going to get you to the playoffs almost every year or many years, but then you're just not going to win anything. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah, no, see, I didn't feel bad for him. It's the same thing every year. Like, how do you not fix this by year 20-something? How does the same thing happen to you every single year? I was also thinking about how Andy Reid, I don't think this gets talked about enough still to this day. I mean, it did at the time, but, like, I just can't get over that he hired the freaking defensive coordinator or the offensive line coach to be the defensive coordinator. Like, I, I still, like, that's, I just still think about that. Because it's like, what? Like, how? It's unfathomable. Like, how is that a real thing? Yeah, exactly. Like who 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 signed off on that idea? Like who thought that was a good idea? It's just, it's so it, it doesn't make any sense. It's the, just it's not like how do you sell that? Yeah, to anyone. I just oh man. The best part was him rationalizing it because he was like, well, you know, the offensive coordinator or offensive line coach <laughs> actually knows how defensive players like play, and they'll yeah. know how to capitalize on the offensive line. How, what, oh, the offensive line coaches are coaching them. Yeah, that was just, that was like crazy. And then they fired him. Like, they fired him what? Like, I guess he, what was that, 2011, he made it through. Did he make it through a whole year? I, in I don't think so. I can't even remember, man. But that was just, I mean, there was like, there's actual, you know, position coaches out there. There's just like, there's no shortage of options for a defensive coordinator. You could hire a cornerback coach. You could hire, you know, like, there's so many options out there. And they hired the freaking offensive line coach. Well, yeah, Andy, I, I don't know. Like, at some point... The pity party has to stop, and it's like, come on, man. You you, you you can't. Maybe I'm just bitter because I bet on Andy, and I and maybe it's my fault because I had Andy. I bet on Andy in a playoff game by more than a touchdown. So maybe it's maybe it's my fault, Brandon. Oh man, that's yeah. What were they plus? Uh, what were they they're plus minus nine? eight. Plus, they're, they're eight point favorite. Oh yeah, sorry, minus eight. Um, yeah, that's nuts, man. They and they were up what like twenty three to one. Yeah, it's twenty one three at half. Twenty one three. Oh my God! Yeah, it's just and and then I saw the stat after the game. Now he is the only coach in NFL history to lose a playoff game twice in which he was up more than or seventeen points or more. I mean that's crazy. He's lost six straight. He's lost six straight home playoff games. Yeah, that's a that's an NFL record for the Chiefs, by the way, too. Like. I mean, imagine that, just like losing six home playoff games in a row. That's pretty depressing. Oh, uh, it's every single year. Uh, so today came out that the Eagles are going to be going to London, and it kind of it kind of made me mad because here's my theory on this, is that the, the NFL saw how Eagles fans traveled this year. They saw what happened in, in, in Carson City. They saw what happened in L.A. They saw all these takeovers, and now they're capitalizing off of these Eagles fans because they know they're going to show up in, in London, and everyone's like, oh, well, you know, the London games are so bad. No one shows up. There's no, ever, no, no fans there, and now the NFL is taking advantage of how good of fans we are. Do, do you think that's fair? 
No, not at all. <laughs> I love your conspiracy angle, though. It's this ridiculous. Was, this is, well, this this came out already in like what? It was October or so that like they, the NFL wanted the teams who hadn't played there yet to come play there. Like that seems reasonable to me. Like, all right, you want to get all the teams as opposed to just having these teams who don't play there. I think here's how I feel about it. I know we have a lot of awesome fans in the UK, so I'm excited to see them, and I'm excited to go there. And here's the most important thing, which matters more than anything. It's not an Eagles home game. Like, if that was the case, yeah, everyone should be pissed off. But it's a road game. Yeah, well, the NFL doesn't want to lose money. I mean, like, an Eagles home game, even if the Eagles are 0-15, is going to sell out. So, like, that's that's that would be bad business if I was the NFL. But... Yeah, no, it's going to be fun, and we're, we're, we're planning a trip to go out there. Um, the beers are going to be flowing. Uh, I tell you what, the beers in London, I don't, I've never been to London, but I feel like beers in London just taste better. They probably do, especially when, you know, uh, you have the, your, your good company of Eagles fans, friends around you. And, I mean, just so many, like, literally, I was telling you before the show here that when I, that news broke today, Multiple people, multiple BGN radio listeners were like, hey, man, you're coming over. I'll buy you a pint. It's like, these people are awesome. Our fans are the best. Yeah, it's crazy because like, I started doing this podcast and I was like talking about Philadelphia stuff. And then everyone would be sending me emails of, of, from like all over the not, not only the United States, but like Australia and, and Europe. And I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't narrow this down to only Philadelphia. No, man, you can't do that. It's, it's Bleeding Green Nation. I know. I know. Well, Nation, we should do Bleeding Green World. It's time to change it up a little bit. Well, that's fair enough. Let's talk about some mangoes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mangoes are, are, they are a very underwhelming fruit. Do you agree? So here's the thing about mangoes. Um, I had a tweet back in 2015, as I sent, I sent you last night. You tweeted about this, so this is a longstanding opinion um, that my my first real experience trying the mango flavor, because I was never a big mango guy, never really got into it. But then, you know, it was Eagles training camp and probably that same year, 2015, super hot. They have Rita's Water Ice at training camp for the fans and the beat writers. You know, you got to have some, cool yourself down. It gets really hot out there. And I would get the mango flavor, and I didn't know it was so good. Like, it's a really good flavor, especially on a hot day. Like, it's just... The water ice starts to get melty because it's hot out. I mean, you got to eat it fast. It's a really enjoyable, refreshing, I would say. That's the word, refreshing flavor. But then, you know, I try to, to buy some mango. And yeah. so I think, all right, you know, if it's this good of a flavor, it has to be good fruit, right? So I try some. And it was like eating carrots. <laughs> like, it was, it was hard. Like, I can't bite through this. Like, what kind of fruit is this? And, like, and then you bite into the mango. And you bite into a hard fruit, and you know there's that first. You, you never want to bite into a hard fruit. It's not. It's not good. And then you, you have the little satisfaction of the little mango flavor, and then it's gone quicker than 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 gum, than bubble gum. I, I would say mangoes are are not in my top five fruits. Easily. I mean, I'm 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 thinking like of kiwis. I'm thinking of blueberries, uh, strawberries, strawberries bananas. definitely. Bananas are good. I'm a big banana guy. Um, they're okay. I don't know. Not a like, banana guy? No, they're fine. They're fine. It's just like, they don't really taste good, but it, you feel healthy after eating a banana. Do you actually like the taste of banana? I think it's pretty good. Really? I think it's a, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's the size, too. I mean, I mean, this is really getting, this, is, this conversation is really just 
someone could just edit this and chop this up and it, 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 very... the feel of a banana in your hand <laughs> it's just a good feel man it, you know it's nice right. and sizable um it's a good portion <laughs> I, I like bananas yeah they're fine fruit i like yeah, they're not in my top five but when i eat one i feel really healthy after yeah that's fair if that makes sense but the mango you know everyone's getting all mad about the mango and we have some pretty hardcore mango defenders but I, a, 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 it's a very small window where you can enjoy a mango because then it gets too ripened, then it's mushy, and if it's not ripe enough, then it's hard, and you get a little. And then you get it's a very short window of of happiness there. Well, what does that say about the fruit then? If like I can only enjoy this in a very specific, yeah. like how is that a top fruit if I can only enjoy it in a very like specific time frame? I mean, I, I get maybe some of an argument of things like that are more elegant or you know a delicacy aren't always available at all times i can get that argument but yeah. i mean how is it a top fruit it's, it's not convenient is what i'm trying to say yeah, it's not, it's i not. mean fruit should be convenient to some extent it shouldn't be like this rare super delicate it's a mango it's not like a freaking you know like a truffle or something so i don't know man it's not our fault it's the fruit's fault yeah i agree also i got tweets the other day because in the last episode i said uh, <laughs> anything past double digits is too late to say Happy New Year's. And like four people tweeted me yesterday saying Happy New Year's. What is your cutoff for saying Happy New Year's? Honestly, I I say on New Year's Day and like that's it. I mean, if I see someone, you know, like maybe like someone I know, like I'm close with, not just like a complete stranger. I, that's the thing that's weird to me, just saying like complete strangers. But like if I see like you know a family member or something, maybe a little bit later after the first, then okay, I get it, but. To me personally, I don't even think I say it after the first. Yeah, no, it's it's fair. Hey, do you ever feel awkward wearing Eagles gear in public and someone says, "Hey, go Eagles"? I know this is a big topic. On Dude, people, uh, people agreed with me, which I was surprised by. It's an awkward conversation. I think it's it's awkward. Um, what what I, do you I, say back to it? I remember this happened to me recently because I I went to I don't think they said go Eagles or anything, but I was wearing a hat and I went to, um, somewhere, I went to a store and this guy, he didn't even like say go Eagles. He just started talking about them without even saying like hello or anything. So he was like, yeah. So he just like, he just like jumped right into a conversation. <laughs> now that's awkward. Like the, that was, the, to jump in, like he saw you wearing that Eagles gear and he's like, Oh, this guy <laughs> wants to talk about the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. He also might've thought that you were Julian Vanderbilt. Maybe. <laughs> he thought you might be back. Yeah. All right. Uh, so it's time to do the mailbag and guess what? We have a sponsor for the mailbag this week. The playoffs are in full swing, which means that fantasy football is sadly over, right? Wrong with one week fantasy football at DraftKings. The fantasy football season doesn't stop until the games do. So while your season long league is done, it's not too late to draft a new team and win money doing it. At DraftKings, there are so many ways to play. Choose from public contests with huge cash prizes or private contests where you can compete with your friends. They've even got beginner and casual contests where you'll play against people of similar skill level. The best part? You get to draft a new team each week. And drafting a team is arguably the best part of fantasy, aside from winning cash, that is. Huge cash prizes and bragging rights away only at DraftKings. Use code BGNR at DraftKings.com to play free with your first deposit for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in total prizes this Sunday. But hurry, Sunday will be here before you know it. So get to DraftKings.com now to choose your lineup, and you can play for serious cash on Sunday. That's code BGNR, only at DraftKings.com. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. How was that, Brandon? 
Make sure you ask uh, Terry in L.A., man, how much money. <laughs> yeah. Travis, just ask Travis in Los Angeles. Oh, and by the way, it's uh, it's Saturday, really, because yeah. the playoff game starts Saturday. I know you said Sunday. I know that's I know that's in the read. It's not your fault, but uh, the read should probably say Saturday since the playoff yeah. game starts yeah. there. So it's not my fault. It's their fault. I'm okay. not going to say that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the first question here is from uh, Christopher Tibbs. Jack, first off, uh, I'd like to say I love last week's show. Brandon, do you agree that you love last week's show? Yeah. Cool. Especially your take on guys who aren't into football. My girlfriend used to live in this house with two other girls in Berkeley, and one day it came out that the other girls' boyfriends weren't into sports. They sound exactly like your impression. One of them even scoffed at one of his friends for being so into his favorite team, and he paid attention to players getting traded in the offseason. Can you imagine? Brandon, can you imagine? So what's the situation here? So, like... A girl chimed in last week about how, like, is it a, is it weird for a girl to be more into the Eagles than a guy? Like, can she date a guy that's not into sports at all, basically? And I said no, because as a guy, not being into sports, like, being part a part of being a real guy is being into sports. Do you agree? <laughs> no, I don't agree. Come on, <laughs> you don't have to like sports. Ah, come on, it's pretty embarrassing. Like, what are you gonna what are you gonna, t- what are you gonna talk to your friends about? Like art? Yeah, man, art's oh. cool. Music's cool. Yeah, but you can do both. Just like, but the, yeah, you can do both. But there's also the people that like. There's the people that are so anti-sports that they're like, "Oh, you got, you're gonna waste your time watching that football team for three hours." Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, anti-sports is pretty just offensive to like what we do, considering <laughs> like my career and my life and all the time I spend. If you're not like, so anti-sports, yeah, I mean that's one thing. But if you're just like kind of, you know, sports agnostic, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I think you're you're pretty much less of a guy. Like, a guy's got to be a guy at some point. Beers, sports, gambling. That's about it. That's all I got for you. It's part of being. Anyway, back to Christopher's mailbag question. Anyway, my question for you: uh, myself being a few hours removed from a nightmare where the Falcons scored uh, on their first two possessions this Saturday. Uh, have you ever had an Eagles dream during the run up to a big game that turned out to be exactly true? Have you ever had a, a, a Eagles related nightmare, Brandon? I have. Um, I can't recall a specific one right now, but I definitely do. Um, I, I, I know I had one earlier this season. I can't remember what it is. Just I mean, who, honestly, who remembers dreams? Like, yeah, you can't well, remember a well, dream. I do remember my dream because I had okay. a dream that Alshon's ankle was in half right after he signed the contract. Oh, boy. And it looked like Ronald Darby's. So uh, uh, that was a nightmare. So that's that's my only really Eagles-related dream. But maybe maybe before Saturday we'll we'll get another one. Um, but I, I don't. I don't think I will. All okay. right. This is from uh, Frank Hall. I think he's from London. Oh, we got a London. No, he's from Galway. Ever been to Ireland? I've been. I've been, no. I've been to Galway once. It's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, hey Jack, love the show. It always refreshes me to feel the company of an other diseased Eagles fans while living overseas. Uh, congrats on the engagement, by the way. Glad you didn't have to take the ring back. Yeah, Jill survived. She survived the season. Although I will say that that uh, Carson did have a healthy ACL while I was just a while I was just a boyfriend. So. Mm. Mm. I know. I know. I've, I've thought about it as well. <laughs> I'm based in Galway, Ireland, slowing, slowing, trying to turn the Emerald Isle even more green. Good work by you, Frank. Uh, I might be getting a bit ahead of myself here with the importance of this week, but what are your thoughts on the Eagles playing on this side of the pond next year with a possible announcement of us playing the Jags in the regular season? As much as I can't wait to have a chance to see the birds over here, I could royally screw up their routines, and that's what we don't want. So... Can the Eagles playing in London screw up their routine? 
Isn't there always like a theory that that's where uh, things happen, like bad things? And usually coaches go there to get fired, yeah, right? Like, and they don't, they don't get the plane back. Yeah, that's a uh, that's well. Hopefully, maybe that'll be for Doug Marone, not Doug Peterson. That's that's what's going to be the battle of the Dugs. Only one Doug can be supreme. I'm a little nervous about playing the Jags though, because because Blake Bortles owns Wembley Stadium. Yeah, he only plays well there. He, uh, I mean, he's really good too. So he yeah. just, you know, he compared himself to LeBron yesterday. It was interesting, but however, I am excited for the for the trip to London next year. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, Frank, you can come over from uh from ireland and and come come hang with us because it's gonna be a good time and no you can't worry about messing up the schedules i mean these guys are these guys are professional athletes they're gonna be fine yeah they'll have their bye week probably afterwards so i'm sure it'll be fine yeah, yeah. uh all right this is from greg falkowski uh jack love the show i had won some money in vegas in 2003 and decided to blow some of it <laughs> on one of those 250 official Donovan McNabb jerseys. Days before the Super Bowl, someone broke into my apartment and stole it along with my DVDs. Because of my illness, I had to pony up and get a new one immediately. I wore it, I wore it a couple times and obviously things didn't go well, so it has been sitting in my closet for 10 or so years. I don't have to keep it forever, do I? Is there a protocol for getting rid of gear? I don't think someone would pay money for it. Do I just throw it out, burn it, and donate it? I don't know. I feel like the cost of the jersey warrants some special treatment. Any advice will be appreciated. So, first question, do you have to keep a, an official Donovan, Donovan McNabb jersey forever? No. Are you kidding me? No. I think here's the move. Here's what I would do, maybe if it was me. I think if you have a little family member, you know, like a little cousin, a little brother, a little sibling, or your, your brother or sister as a little kid, like a nephew or niece is what I'm trying to say, I think you just hand it down. A hand, a hand me down's fine, especially because it's, it's an official Donovan McNabb jersey. But like, we don't support Donovan anymore. We're we're all as a fan base out on Donovan, obviously with all the the legal stuff going on. But also, he just shits on us all the time and like likes Dak more than Wentz and has never fully accepted Carson until they were really good this year and they tried to pony up to Carson. It was bullshit. Donovan is such a fake. He's a fraud. He's been a fraud ever since he got drafted here. And he still can't get over it. So McNabb jerseys as a whole, I think, are a violation. I think I don't think. I don't think McNabb jersey should be worn anymore. Is that too hard of a policy? All I'm going to say is thanks for coming on BGN Radio, Donovan. <laughs> yeah, right. He did. That was fun. Uh, good, good. <laughs> That's a good point. I forgot about that. But he's still a fraud. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is there a protocol for getting rid of gear? Not really. See, here's my problem. No. I'm so bad with jerseys. Like, I yep. had a Dante Stallworth jersey. So did I. I was all in on Dante How Stallworth. How did this happen? So was I. <laughs> I, I literally had a conversation with this about John last week in the fourth quarter, which you can find at patreon.com slash BGN radio. Uh, we, we literally had a discussion. I didn't get into why I had a Dante Stoller jersey, but it did come up. So that's really weird that you had one too. Yeah. Well, I was all in. Cause well, also I was in a very vulnerable place because it was the year after T.O. left. Exactly. That was it. That was why I think I got one. Because it was like, well, I have this T.O. jersey that I got like immediately after the Eagles got him. So what am I going to do now? And I don't know. I was like, Dante Solworth, this guy is the, I don't know, 18 seems like a cool number. Yeah. Uh, this guy seems cool. So I'm just going to get it. I was all in. And then they went to Houston and he went off. I was I was, I was all in on, on Dante Solworth. I also have a Namdi jersey, which I brought. Uh, yeah. Rough. I'm, so I, I have been very hesitant. I'm not going to buy a Carson jersey. I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to buy jerseys. Like I'll buy, I might buy a Reggie jersey or a Jerome Brown or or a throwback, like a Randall Cunningham. Like I might buy one of Dawkins. those. Dawkins, of course. Now, is, is is it okay to buy a Dawkins Kelly Green? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. 
He, uh, he did. He wasn't known for being a Kelly Green guy. He was known for the Midnight Green. He ushered. He is. He ushered in the Midnight Green era. He is Midnight Green. I think Black Dawkins is pretty good too. Like a Black Dawkins jersey is a pretty strong choice. Now for Greg here, he said, "Do I throw it out, burn it, or donate it?" His his McNabb jersey. What if you just threw up on it? Oh, okay. come on, come All on! Right. I had to get that yeah. one in there. Next question. All right, Greg, I think our advice is to hand me down to a, a nice younger cousin who will be really excited to get it because he is the greatest quarterback in team history. For only one more year. Next year, it'll be Carson Wentz. This is, um, so this is from a guy named Brandon Lee Gowden. <laughs> yep. And he said, what would it take for you to call for Sudfeld? Uh, oh, I've, I've been waiting for someone to ask. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it is pretty crazy to throw at a guy that didn't even get them past half field and threw 23 passes. And hey, he set a completion percentage record. So calling Sam Bradford. Um, and he also tried to spin out of things, which I thought was funny. <laughs> like he was trying to be Carson, basically. I don't know. Like if they're down 21 nothing at half, sure. But yeah, I, that's about it. I, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really want to put Sudfeld in. But there has to be a point. Like that's sure. what I'm, that's what my point is. Like there, ha- you can't just be like, no matter what, Nick Foles is staying in. Like if, like you just said, if there's that situation where the offense is just doing nothing in the first half, and if they stick with Foles, like that's going to feel awful. It's going to feel like they're not even trying to do anything to win at that point. Like you got to make a desperation move. And look, I get that, and I think I brought this up again on the fourth quarter with Vince Quinn. I mean, a lot of good plugs here by me um, from yesterday's show that. Uh, at least Sudfeld is doing things like I know he didn't lead the team to points and I know he wasn't like awesome, but he, he didn't look awful. Like Nick Foles has been, he's clearly looked better than Foles and I'm not saying you start him because of that, but I'm just saying at least if there becomes a time for a desperation move, I mean like Sudfeld is showing traits. That's my biggest argument against Nick Foles. Like he's not showing like, what does Nick Foles do well? That's why I always come back to, you're probably sick of me saying it. If you heard, heard, heard me before, here and there. yeah, a little bit, so, like, he was actually showing some kind of mobility or some kind of arm strength. Like, I don't even know what you're supposed to believe in with Nick Foles in terms of, like, a specific skill set. You're just looking at past results that he's had and being like, well, I, I, he can do it again based on nothing. <laughs> uh, sure, I agree. Um, all right, so from Brian Coulter, where is the Nick Foles confidence meter at? Oh, in the trash. Can it get any lower? No, it can't. I mean, like, he literally had a 9.3 passer rating against yeah. the Cowboys. But I don't know. Like, I, mean, I don't know how much you can really put in the Cowboys game. Like, J.J. wasn't playing. They weren't really game planning. I know he played, like, shit, but I don't know. It's hard. He can't, hit, he can't hit. I'll rephrase it this way. He can't hit a wide-open receiver. Well, he hit, he hit Torrey Smith. I don't know if you I don't know if you saw that, but he hit Torrey <laughs> Smith. So we're not even having this conversation. If, if it's not even happening. Yeah. Uh, this is from Captain Penguin. Is it appropriate to trim slash groom slightly playoff beards? Uh, if you grow a late season win streak beard and playoffs are guaranteed, but loss occurs, do you have to shave and start over for the playoffs? Are other playoff facial hairs growth acceptable? So I'm going to put my hand up here. Um, I'm going to get you going right into the trust tree. I forgot about the playoff beard thing. And I shaved yesterday without really thinking about it, but spin zone, it's now the playoffs. So now I can start the playoff beard. I don't know. I think you got to kind of lead into it. I, I don't think it's just like, does it, is it actually, like, when does playoff beard start? Does it start well, on, there's like, a win the first streak day of the playoffs? Beard. Like, there's a win streak beard, which is different. Where but here's the thing. 
the playoffs actually began last weekend. So what are we what are we doing here? Yeah, but the Eagles playoffs didn't start. Like I, right. I couldn't leave I couldn't leave the spot the spot uh during the 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 nine game win streak. But like it's the same thing. Like you can grow a beard during that time. You can't shave during that time. But now it's a new season. They lost to the Cowboys. So with a loss to the Cowboys, you should be able to shave and restart heading into playoff weekend, in my opinion. I think it's a technicality, but I'll allow it. And finally, from John Johnson, <laughs> mango or honeydew, which is more of an insult to flavor? Oh, honeydew is more, I think, more, and if we're talking flavor here, it's, what does honeydew taste like? I did nothing. It's, it's, yeah. It's, and honestly, here's the thing that pisses me off is because the name honeydew sounds amazing. Like, it yeah. sounds like something that's going to be, wow, this is going to explode in my mouth with, with flavor. And it's just nothing. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like a maybe like a worst version of watermelon. Like it's just like kind of watery, and but there's just no. I, I think the funny thing about honeydew is it's usually paired with cantaloupe, and it's just like I'm just gonna eat cantaloupe. Like cantaloupe's better than that. Yeah, you know what's fucked up is my granddad used to put salt on my cantaloupe and give it to me. What? <laughs> it's <was> disgusting. <laughs> It was disgusting. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I don't think he ever heard of it either. I think he's just like, hey, this makes some sense. <laughs> it was a really bad idea. Uh, all right, so that's going to do it for the mailbag. Final thing, what's the line saying? So it's it's two and a half, and 73% of the public is on the Falcons. Um, and I usually like that a lot. I love when the public's all over it. But I'm curious to see what the late, uh, the late money does. Um, but if I had to look at that line... And the fact that they moved it to minus two and a half, I didn't like the line movement at all. Um, but I like that the fact that the public saw it because I thought at, at minus two and a half, I thought the public was going to hammer the Eagles, and that could change late. Um, which I, I never liked the public. I never liked being on their side. So if it stayed as a pick, I thought the public was going to hammer the Falcons, uh, and I felt really good about that. Two and a half, I am I'm pretty concerned, and I'm I'm curious to see where the late money goes. The late money goes on the Falcons or on the Eagles, um, then I'm very concerned. But right now, it's it's holding steady at, at, at Falcons seventy five percent. Do you got any thoughts on the line? Fade the public. I mean, that's the best. That's the best mentality. I think this. I think here's how I think about this game. I think like the I mean, the worst case for the Eagles is they get blown out, obviously. But I think the like realistic worst case, I think they lose in like a three point game. So how am I not going to take them with the points there? I mean. I, I, again, I, I said earlier, I'm buying into the underdog thing and all that. I think, and I think they win. So I'm going to take the points. All right. And I feel good about it. Eagles money line. Brandon Lee Gowden's hammering it. Fine. Sure. Sure. <laughs> all right. I think they're going to win too. The line does scare me a little bit. If I had to, if I had to look at this objectively as a not Eagles fan, I'd be scared by the line. But that's all I got to say. Uh, and I, I, one more thing I yeah. want to say is I, I do think the late money is going to come in on the Eagles. Like I'm pretty confident about that. I, I have a good feeling that's going to happen. Yeah, usually I think the, it's going to drop. Usually the public money's early and the late money, the smart money is late. So yep. uh, we'll see where it goes. But Brandon, thanks for joining me on the Counterpoint Podcast. You made it through your first episode on the Counterpoint Podcast. How's it feel? Uh, it feels pretty good. I'm um, glad to be here. And uh, go Birds. Go Birds. Right? Yeah, go birds, go birds. And we're already looking forward to London next year. I can't wait. Yeah. This is what, your second record, and it's the song you wrote. Uh, yes, I'm right.